Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Nikki. Welcome to Swipe Fat. Where dating's hard. But dating when you're fat is even harder. We wanted this guest on the podcast for a very long time. Like literally the day we started. Okay. We were like pie in the sky. And we were like, she'd never come on with us. No. We were little babies. <laughs> we were little babies. And I just figured she'd hate us for some reason. I don't know. Or that she did. Because she was... She's kind of like didn't talk a lot about her dating life on yeah, yeah. the internet was, you know, kept a lot of personal things, but like she has the most beautiful imagery on Instagram, like gorgeous content was one of the first people that I actually like related to body wise on the, and style wise as an influencer. And like, she like makes me feel beautiful because she's so beautiful. Yeah. And she's so confident. I, I think that's the thing that. Yeah. gets me. Nikki actually introduced me to our guest today and I became obsessed with her because she's so into pop culture too. So I just, I think I love um, her because she shares so much of like f- fun things about her life too. Like it's body positivity, it's fun pop culture, it's fashion, it's like beautiful imagery. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's just encompasses her whole life. And now um, she's been sharing a little bit more about her relationship. And we were like, this is like the perfect time to ask her to come on um, to really talk about healthy relationships. So it's Stephanie Yaboa. Um, <laughs> we haven't said her name Gasp. yet. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but when you reached out to her and she immediately was like, yes, I, I, I died a little bit. <laughs> like we were like, yeah. <laughs> did a little party um so she is a content creator like we said she um is the author of fatally ever after a black fat girl's guide to living life unapologetically she's a podcast host it's called story time with stephanie and like one of the first reasons i fell in love with her was her voice too i was always like i would just love her to read me a bedtime story that's what she does on this podcast <laughs> like all your dreams coming true all of the dreams coming true so it's so cool you can find it on apple wherever podcasts are story time with stephanie and she is going over fairy tales and fables and like her voice is well you'll hear soon it's so good delicious so uh if you need a little bedtime story she's got you hello hi hello how are you I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We were just gushing all about you before you hopped in. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, we were just gushing about your voice and how we'll catch you on Instagram Live or different things. And we'll be like, we need her to read us a bedtime story. And you do oh. that now. <laughs> I do. Yes. Do. Yeah. I, I, I actually got quite a lot of requests from people um, asking to like, read stuff or like if I do like a reel and I'm like doing a voiceover people are like oh your voice sends me to sleep I'm like oh that's such a lovely compliment I actually really like it so yeah podcast and like read stories and stuff so that's very kind of you thank you I mean I, right now I'm just like no oh. <laughs> she, uh. she could just talk we don't yeah. have to we'll we don't need to be her. here we don't need to be here <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so I followed you for a, a while like I don't even know how many like four years maybe oh, wow. um you are one of the first people who I could relate to I guess like fashion wise and like your imagery is so beautiful so I just want to get that out of the way like so beautiful in all your travel content but I remember like all of a sudden you're like hi I'm in San Francisco I have a boyfriend <laughs> like randomly I was like wait what <laughs> like what she's got one very covert it was very covert it was very um because for me I had to be like sure 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 sure. I had to he had to tick so many boxes before I could even get to the point where I could like announce publicly like am I sure he doesn't have a fat fetish am I sure he's not this am I sure he's not I I had to like do some heavy vetting (laughs) before I could even get to that stage but um yeah it was very very a random twist of events with that one (laughs) (laughs) how did that happen Oh, how did we happen? Okay, so me and my um, current partner, we have been friends for what we're in now, January, so 15 years. So we've known each other a very long time. Wow. And how we met was he came over to the UK. He wasn't in London. He was in an area sort of above London called Hertfordshire. And he was at the university there with his cousin. So he was coming over to visit and sort of see what university life was like in the UK. So he was hanging out with his cousin. His cousin is also my friend, like a mutual, um, mutual friend of mine. And I was in university in the south of London. And so one day um, his cousin was like, oh, do you want to come up to Hertfordshire? Because around that time, some of the universities close to London, because we were so close, we would often link up and like have nightclubs and like raves and like parties and stuff together, like little mixes. And so she contacted me and she was like, oh, do you want to come up to Hertfordshire Uni? My cousin's down for like a couple of weeks. You can meet him. And so we went to the nightclub on the university campus and I remember meeting him and I was just like, eh okay like I was just very much like okay yeah he's cute or whatever but he seems to be like a nice guy but I remember that night we spent the whole evening just in a little like booth in the corner of the nightclub we didn't talk to anybody else we were just talking the whole night and it was clearly like very platonic you know there wasn't I didn't see any kind of like I didn't have any interest in in him at the time um he was just really lovely to talk to and so at the end of the night we exchanged uh, this is how this is showing how old I am uh MSN messenger yeah 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 going way back that's us too we're the same 
We're the oh, same. thank God. Thank God for that. Because with some, with some of these Gen Zs that I talk to, they're like, what's MSN? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we're millennials <laughs> through and through. <laughs> and, um, and so we exchanged MSNs. And then when he flew back to the States, we kept in contact every single day. So this was before the days of WhatsApp, where you could use your, your data to call people abroad. I had to buy phone cards and like he had to buy phone cards and we would we would talk every day for about eight or nine hours nonstop. And we would just be talking absolute crap. We would be like bantering, you know, like play fighting each other and just, we would talk on Skype. And for about a year, we spoke every day without missing a break. And, um, and then what happened? And then it kind of just continued. In 2013, I developed a crush on him. He friend zoned me and he was like, no, I don't think we could be a thing because we live too far apart and we're too, you know, both broke college, college students. We wouldn't be able to do the whole back and forth. It'd be too much money. Da, 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 da. And all, he was also dating someone at the time. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, OK. And then I, I wonder know, the, about whoever he was dating, how they felt about you. Pardon? How they felt about you, whoever he was dating, like him talking to you every day. I can't even imagine. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Apparently he told the girl he was dating about me, just saying, look, by the way, if you see me talking to this person on Skype, she's just like a really good friend from the UK. And and I did actually speak to her a couple of times. Really? Yeah, she seemed really cool. She was, I think she was just very much like, oh, that's just one of his little friends from that. He's he, I think he made it sound as if we were just like online friends. Okay. So she was just like, oh, you know, she didn't have any problem, like issues to worry about me. Right. Well, um, <laughs> well, yeah. And then, um, so then my like for him kind of subsided and then I kind of started well, trying to date. And then in 2014, I got my first ever boyfriend. And when I told uh, my boyfriend, my now boyfriend, I was like, oh, by the way, I've got like a new boyfriend. He just blew his top and I could never understand why and I actually asked him like what is not because you like me or something and he was like no 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 I don't like you I just wish you would have told me sooner and it was just a very weird like 2014 was very strange for us because he suddenly stopped talking to me as much as soon as I started dating this guy and he was so adamant that it was because he didn't like me I was just bound to believe him so while I was in my relationship he was in his relationship and then my relationship ended in 2017 his ended and then we were just kind of like talking here and there and then during lockdown so 2020 Mm. we started talking a lot more and catching up and that was where he decided to tell me that he'd actually liked me from the first time we met like 15 years ago but he was too shy at the time to say anything and apparently he had liked me the whole of the 15 years that we'd been together He'd broken up with his girlfriend because he told his girlfriend that he had fallen in love with me, but he couldn't see me. And oh my she god, I just got chills. Me. I just got chills. Yeah, That's so sweet. Got- this is a rom com. I yeah. know, I know, right? So she got really angry, and 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 they broke up, and then his girlfriend after her, the same thing happened, and so he's telling me all of this in 2020, and so I was like. So all of this time, I've been telling you about how rubbish my dating life has been, and how this. I had somebody that liked me the whole time and he just didn't tell me. Yeah. And um and then yeah, late 2020 kind of the feelings kind of came back and then we decided to to give it a try and then January 2021 is when we kind of became official. So 
we're kind of trying out this long distance thing for the time being and yeah. just uh, yeah just mm-hmm. seeing how it goes but it's a very long story that I should turn into a book one day 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah sell that to Netflix <laughs> absolutely I need to try I mean, I'll ask him first and see what he thinks but yeah Oh, I guess he did. his permission is required. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess if you want, you want to keep this healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Communication. Yeah. Well, do you do you feel like your relationship is different than any other relationship you've had because you had that friendship base first? Yes, I do, and I also think it's different from any other relationship purely because he treats me like a human being. Yeah. Um, my I've only so this is my second relationship that I've ever been in my first one was a weird one in that it was good but it was only after the relationship ended that I realized there were just so many red flags that I was purposely avoiding uh confronting because I was very much like oh my gosh this is my first boyfriend and I have to keep him happy and he's actually somebody that likes me this size so let me just try and be everything to him all at once kind of thing and I was avoiding a lot of red flags whereas um with my current boyfriend it's just it's really empowering but also it took me a very long time to actually accept that he liked me yeah. It took about maybe a year and a half. And even mm-hmm. to this day, sometimes there are still kind of doubts, which I have come to realize now are triggers from the horrific dating experiences that I've had. It's almost like you build up such a high wall that when you do come across somebody that likes you for you, it's almost like I'm trying to find or give him reasons to not like me because I'm so used to people telling me those reasons in previous situations. So, yeah, it's. um it's I find it very strange to be to be treated like a normal human being I know that sounds really dire but yeah it's it's like oh wow so this is what normal people get treated like in relationships like yeah I'm still trying to adjust to that yeah I feel like that just that hit me because I feel the same Mm -hmm. way like it's I've always like dated people um and been like okay I gotta hold on to this because this is the only person who's going to like me or they've shown me this much. I'm like, you know, a tiny little bit of like love and I'm going to grasp onto that so hard because I'm, and then not ignoring all the red flags, like exactly like that. That's yeah. That's Mm -hmm. been my experience too. I think that's really hits it because it's like, we're just told that we're not, we're less than Mm -hmm. all the time. And I think even maybe parents or people in your lives have kind of been like, Hey, don't be as picky. Um, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear those things from people or like we watch movies and we're the quirky friend and it's sort of like, Oh, we have to be with this like quirky guy, even though that's not what we want. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, we have to take the scraps because that's what we're told we're allowed to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to dating I think if we've grown up being told all of these messages and internalizing 
all of these elements of low self-worth, it's very difficult for us to bring our walls down and to not be defensive and to always keep something to ourselves because it's like we're expecting the catch, like we're expecting the, oh, okay, he likes me, but he has a fat fetish or he likes me, but he just wants to sleep with me to tell his friends that he slept with a fat person or he likes me, but we're always expecting the but. And so sometimes it can make us very reserved and very sort of, we don't want to give too much of ourselves away for fear of that that backlash and that the the fat phobia and the and the fetishism and all of these kinds of things and yeah I think the way that society has kind of um, brainwashed us and, and through the guises of media and all of these things to to make fat people seem unworthy of love is absolutely horrendous and and like you say in 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 the movies and in um, TV shows, the way that fat women are depicted, fat women specifically, the way that we're depicted is outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. And so I don't know if it will change in the future, but it absolutely has to, because it, it can't continue like this. Yeah, it's so debilitating. I mean, how do you feel like you work through those things to feel like you are worthy of his love and um I don't know just like I feel like that would be really hard to do oh it's <laughs> it's very difficult um because I spent so much of my life hating myself and hating how I looked and a lot of my dating life is has been incredibly traumatic and unfortunately a lot of it is and and the one the funny thing is is when you're fat and you're dating and you have bad experiences and you're being told by these people that your weight is the issue when you tell other people sometimes people do this weird thing where sometimes they don't know that they're doing it but they gaslight you into thinking oh no it's not your weight they didn't you didn't have a bad experience mm-hmm. because of your weight because i'm going through that as well and so many other women have really rubbish dating lives it's not your weight but then if I'm telling you, they literally said my weight is the reason why. I think there are people out there who still refuse to acknowledge that fat phobia is a thing. And a lot of those people are slimmer people. They don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge that their ingrained hatred or disgust of fat people can be considered bad. And that's a whole other conversation in itself. But um for me, luckily, my partner is like words of affirmation is a very big thing for him. So he's always been very good in um, complimenting me and just saying really, really lovely things about me and wh- whatever it is that I do, like my work or whatever. But um, it, it's taken like like to this day, there are times when I still have to really tell myself that, look, you are worthy of his love and you are you are worthy of this and that um, because those those little voices in your head, they never really go away completely. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I realized quite early on that it's not up to him to tell me that I'm worthy of his his love or that I'm worthy in, in and of itself because I have to come to that conclusion on my own. So a lot of the work that I do, I do it when he's not around or when he's not in the vicinity. And I guess being long distance is quite easy to, <laughs> to kind of do that and kind of do the work on my own. So um, it's just really tapping into that element of self-love and really thinking about why I deserve this love and the things that I do uh, that contribute to why this relationship is going well. So it's just a lot about focusing on the, the things that make me me. Um, trying to work on my confidence as well because 
even though it's very cliche confidence is such a big attraction to a lot of people so just trying to maintain that confidence and wearing as little as possible as well really works mm. for me so sometimes I'll be in my apartment and I'll just be wearing like a swimsuit because I'm just like oh yeah I look really cool in the swimsuit <laughs> or like a piece of lingerie that is like really sexy um because I live alone thank god I can just like walk around in like these <laughs> skimpy things or like take thirst traps and not even necessarily send it to him but just have it for me and just be like yeah I am really hot today so like these kinds of things can really work in reprogramming and rewiring the brain to kind of make you you know acknowledge that you are an amazing amazing person um worthy of love we're big fans of taking thirst traps for ourselves and walking around naked that is like high up on our list of how to build confidence within yourself yeah it's amazing you, you gotta <laughs> normalize your body for yourself first before you can like normalize it for other people absolutely I spent so much of my life trying to hide my body, like, you know, going to the beach or the pool or whatever, and like wearing tankinis or swim skirts. T-shirts. Yeah. That it's like, we're, you know, you, how would you not be disgusted by your body if you've been teaching yourself that for so long that you like, that you have to cover up because there's mm. something about you is that people don't want to see or they're disgusted by it. And it's like, if you are showing yourself, hey, you don't need to cover up <laughs> and you look hot and you rewire, we, <laughs> I can't say that, rewire your brain a little bit because mm -hmm. it's like, and it takes so long. I think a lot of people think it's like an overnight mm -hmm. thing or like all of a sudden you just snap your fingers because, you know, I mean, we're all on social media and content creators and on TikTok. It's like the question you get is like, oh my gosh, like how do you, grow that confidence or gain that confidence and it's like this has been in the works for like eight years you know like we're in the middle of the process we're not even at the end goal but like it takes a long time and to be like patient with yourself too like to hear you even say that like you do that like makes me feel better because mm -hmm. I like look at your content Stephanie and I'm like yeah you know she's got it all together right like she loves herself and and I think sometimes I forget that maybe people look at it look at our stuff that way too mm. you know I think so because it takes a lot of courage well I don't want to say courage because that's a whole other conversation yeah, I know right yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah I mean it takes a lot to put yourself up, out there in public knowing that there are so many fat fat phobic people out there I'll say it like that like knowing that this particular photo could attract so much negative attention it takes a lot to do that so I think when people do see us online you know being unapologetic and like in our outfits they probably have that thing but oh how did she get so confident and she's so brave and she's so this and it's one of those things where social media is such an important tool in that because it helps normalize big bodies and I think in order for us to get to a point where we can accept and, and live our best lives and wear whatever it is we want to wear, the normalization of bigger bodies has to be accepted. And so um, I love seeing like, you know, fat women and fat men just in bikinis and lingerie and tube tops and short shorts and things like that being able to wear things that smaller body people can wear as well and once you feel accepted once your body feels accepted 
by way of perhaps being able to buy clothing that you know fits or being able to go into a store that has historically only done you know smaller clothing and then finding out that they have extended sizing and it's not like the frumpy smocks or anything like that it's like you can you're actually buying the exact same pieces that are available for smaller people there's a feeling of inclusivity there and so that can I feel like sometimes that can really increase confidence as well um and as it pertains to going on holiday and vacation I've always been of the mantra that I'm not paying hundreds of dollars or pounds to fly somewhere and be miserable on holiday like if I'm spending this much I am going to live my best life and wear whatever it is I want to wear because I it's almost like paying for your own misery like you're paying to you know sunbathe and have great experiences and if we allow the opinions of people on that vacation to muddy our experiences then it's almost like we're doing ourselves a disservice um but all of that is so much easier said than done like it's just about kind of routinely putting that into practice yeah I think that's the the goal or the the nugget there is like routine just like over and over and over and that's how you rewire your brain just like it's just that continuous talk and because like you go backwards and forwards it's like you know some days you have good mental health days about your body and sometimes you don't so it's just consistency Mm -hmm. absolutely and and self-love is not linear like again that's another key thing that I think a lot of people should internalize is that you are going to have really bad days and depending on where you at with your mental health like there are a lot of days when I just feel like, ugh, I'm not, I'm not to see people today. I know. I know. Normal. Like, yeah, I think there is, I know that there's a lot of talk about toxic positivity and I definitely agree. That is a thing. It is definitely a thing. And I try not to go into that realm of things because ultimately people are allowed to feel however they want to feel about their body. And if somebody who is plus size is having a bad day it doesn't mean that they're fat phobic it just means they're having a bad day and they should be allowed grace in that moment that they're feeling that so yeah enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code oldline and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code oldline and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only maryland only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm national harbor promotional offer not available in washington dc How did you start getting into like body positivity and like the movement um, and like sharing on your socials? So I started in 2008. Um, I was in university at the time in my second year and I was studying law and uh, because my parents, they kind of, they didn't force me into doing it, but they just heavily encouraged me uh, (laughs) into doing a law degree. 
and I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the time so I was just like okay I'll just do that and uh, but then halfway through I realized that, that I needed a creative outlet um, and so I started my blog on WordPress or was it blogger I think it was a blogger blogger probably um, right <laughs> blogger yeah and at the time I'd always had a huge love for fashion but we over here we didn't have um brands that were catering to plus sizing and when we did it was always very frumpy it was very maternal it was just not stylish at all and so my blog was mostly about pop culture and tech and comic books and all of these kinds of things I really had a great interest in and so it wasn't until 2014 that I um one of the brands over here created a plus size line that was just everything that I needed it to be it was accessible it was fun and they went up to like um I'd say like a US size 28 so it was like a really expansive brand and I could just wear all of the things I'd always wanted to wear so that's when I started doing fashion on my blog um with the rise of plus size fashion influences in the US and in the UK more and more brands started creating plus size um clothing and extensions and so between 2014 and 2017 is when I really felt like I flourished with regards to being expressive in how I dressed. Yeah. However, however, mental health wise, I was not in a good place. So I had I was diagnosed with um, with depression when I was 14. And because I've, I was bullied really badly at school and um, physically bullied and things and so I had such a big history of of eating disorders and self-harm and just doing every single diet under the sun and it wasn't until my 23rd birthday when I decided to take myself on holiday um, I told myself okay so I'm I'm going to Barcelona for four or five days and there's a beach and I've never really been on a beach but I want a bikini body and I did something very, very dangerous in order to lose weight. And I eventually lost the weight. Um, I, I had challenged myself to lose weight in four months before my birthday. And I had lost, I think, 60 pounds or something in those four months. And I had like a flat-ish stomach, a flat adjacent stomach, should I say, and went to Barcelona bought this really gorgeous bikini and I was just like on the beach and like nobody was looking at me no men nobody was saying like oh my gosh look at that really slim attractive girl like nobody was looking at me I remember going to the hotel back to the hotel room and looking at myself in the mirror and just thinking um because by that time because of what I'd done I was quite ill and I just remember thinking I did all of that for this and nobody even cares about what I look like like nobody nobody I haven't had any attention from guys and I'm really ill at the moment because of what I've done and it was in that moment that I was like it doesn't matter if I change the body it's actually the mind that needs to be changed mm -hmm. and I remember I wrote a letter to my body apologizing to it for everything that I'd put it through because oh, wow. despite all of the the diets and the and the um restrictions and the self-harm it was still keeping me alive through all of the abuse that I was giving to it and I was just like I'd never thought about my body as its own separate entity having to repair constantly repair itself because of all of the damage that I'm inflicting 
And I think like, I'm very big on like biology and stuff like that. So sometimes when I think about the body and the tremendous work it has to do, right? Even when you like throw up or if you like bruise yourself, there's so much work our body has to do to repair it while keeping us alive that I was like, I'm doing all of this stuff for the approval of people that don't even matter. So when I came back to the UK, I was like, okay, I can't live this way anymore. Um, and that's when I decided to go on the journey of self-love and a big part of that for me funnily enough was Tumblr <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> going on to Tumblr and that's where I discovered the fat acceptance communities and just seeing photos and videos of all of these amazing women just loving themselves loudly really helped and being really deeply involved in that community and you know after a while it came it spread over to, to Instagram and so just being so deep in that community was so beneficial for my mental health. Um, it was just the normalizing, normalizing bodies that look like mine and just seeing it on my timeline over and over again made me feel like I was normal. And that yeah. was what I was missing when I was growing up. I didn't feel normal. And so, yeah, social media was a big part of my recovery. Um, it was for me too. I don't, Nikki, I'm... yeah. No, your story, I relate to so much. So like, I'm over here crying. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I relate to it a lot. Like, because I've been on every single diet pill you can think of, like since I was seven, um, all the oh. way to having gastric sleeve surgery, thinking that was going to say, like, be my fix all. And it's like, losing weight isn't what fixes the, you like, at all. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's your brain, it's yourself, it's your insides. And it took, I don't know, 20 something, 20 something years to figure that out. And it's like, it's once you do it's huge, but it, it's hard to realize that losing weight isn't, isn't going to just magically make it all better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even when it comes to weight loss and I've never really begrudged people in the community who want to lose weight because no. I think people do it for such a variety of different reasons. Yeah. I mean, yes, we have those that do it for aesthetic reasons or because they're inherently fat phobic, but then you mm -hmm. generally have people that are doing it because of their health. And I've always said, if you're losing weight from a place of self-hatred, it's not going to work for you because you will put the weight back on because you're mm -hmm. starting it from a I hate this I'm attacking it I want it to go as quickly as possible and when people hate their bodies and want to lose weight they want to lose that weight as quickly they don't understand that it's a process they don't understand that it takes a long time to lose weight health healthily and safely they want it gone now so when they do the crash diets it just all comes back on in like a year because you didn't do it properly. But if you're losing weight from a place of love and just being like, look, I love my body and I just need for these certain body parts to just work a bit better or be a bit smoother or whatever the case may be, then you will take your time because you know that there's no rush. You're not losing it for aesthetic reasons. You're not losing it to in time for like a specific event you're just losing it so that you can walk a bit faster or you can you're doing it for fertility reasons you know so yeah there are it's it's really important that your mind it uh, approaches weight loss and any kind of weight modification from a healthy point of view yeah we believe in like bodily autonomy autonomy bodily autonomy there we go um <laughs> like we've everybody's choice is theirs but yeah it's definitely like 
I guess, especially with the movement that's going on right now, that being apparently being fat's trendy, according to certain people. That's oh, yes. So yeah, harmful. I saw that video. Um, oh, that was yeah. wonderful, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's like you can lose <laughs> lose lose anything you want to, like do what you want with your body, but don't don't hate on people just because you don't like yourself at a certain weight. And I took everything in me to not respond. Yeah, no, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I saw the video and I was like, I used to follow. But anyway, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, I must have detected the bad vibes because I followed, a, unfollowed a very long time ago because mm-hmm. I detected something. It wasn't curling all the way over for me, but yeah, this whole thing of projecting your internalized fat phobia on everybody. Yeah. When when former fat people or fat people who are losing weight and now think that they're better than everyone else, um, when they start doing that, it's just very disappointing. It's it's very disappointing. And I think it gives people who are losing weight for health reasons or for serious reasons, it gives them a bad name because then everybody starts to cast doubt on people losing weight because they assume oh this person's losing weight for aesthetic reasons and now she's going to start acting brand new and she's going to start looking down her nose at us and that's that's not the um that's not the case for a lot of people who decide to lose weight but you do have the odd few that that say these things when you know it's a projection on their lifestyle and their health and yeah. you know not every fat person is unhealthy and not every fat person is going to die at 40 you know and it's just oh the brainwashing is a lot isn't it <laughs> especially with the comeback of the skinny it's so much pressure right now for all of us yeah. so yeah yeah this 2000 stuff is uh rough <laughs> I'm like that was like the the pinnacle of my self hate was like the mid two thousands right so it's like all the that all these trends coming back from that era is kind of like traumatic like traumatic a little bit like low waist jeans and like all the things I tried to fit myself in so that I would like fit in is just like I don't know it's it's really triggering isn't it yeah like I, triggering is a better way to say it yeah. yeah the the whole 2000s trend and like gosh like when I was younger I idolized Christina Aguilera and when she had like those low jeans and like when she was in her like was it what uh, was it when Dirty came Dirty. out and everybody was wearing the low chaps and like I was just like this is I can't wear this and it's very frustrating so there was a point when I tried to like, when the trend recently came back, like over the last year, I was trying to find outfits and pieces that were, that could fit into that kind of um, um, time period, but just do like a fat version. Yeah. But even then it was just like brands were, were chugging out all of these Y2K clothing, but they weren't bringing it into the plus size fold, which was just very frustrating because I was all ready to do like look we're doing Y2K but the fat version this is what we are going to wear and this is what but the brands weren't paying attention and that's just again a whole other (laughs) (laughs) subject so many subjects (laughs) there's a lot um so before you started dating your current boyfriend um you had one relationship or so yeah you said this was your second relationship yeah um how were your dating experiences like in between and like yeah I mean I know you said they were not great I think that we kind of all feel similarly but Mm. like was there a point where you were kind of like I deserve better than what I'm getting 
Um, my, <laughs> my dating experiences were just so tragic. Um, <laughs> so I think I, when did I start dating? When I was 22, 22, 23, 22, 23. So I was a very late bloomer. And I think uh, from 22 until now, I've probably gone on 10 dates or like with 10 different guys. And each date, with the exception of, um, let me think, with the exception of maybe three, all lasted one date. And um, unfortunately, the, the, the overarching theme was, you're too fat, you're too big. You're not like the girls I normally uh, date. You're not mm. like the girls I normally do this with. And all of those guys I had met through online dating. So at the time I was using things like Plenty of Fish and OkCupid and then later on Bumble. And uh, because in real life, like I couldn't, I didn't know how to flirt. Um, I was always the, the uh, wing woman when I was with my friends, like nobody was coming up to me ever. Um, and there was one date where we, for some reason he wanted to go to an aquarium. This was when I was like 23. And so he'd gotten there to the to the location first. And for me, my rule has always been, if I'm going on a date, I always want to get there early. And this might be an ingrained fat phobic thing that I had at the time, but it was because I wanted to sit down so that they couldn't see as they were coming up to me, how big I was until I stood up mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. It was a weird logic that I had. So on this occasion, he got there first. And as I was walking up to him, I could just see just the light just the dying. Look. The, the look. look. And I was like, okay, this, this is not going to go well. So we went into the aquarium. Halfway through, he was just like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. And I was like, what? And he was like, you're just not like, you You look a lot bigger in real life. And I said to him, but I've, I've sent you pictures of me. And on my dating profiles, I would always write, by the way, I'm fat or by the way, I like, I always felt like I had to give a disclaimer. Um, and I always put full body pictures of me because I don't want it to be a situation where I'm being called a catfish because yeah. I'm only putting my face up. So I was always very transparent, but for him, he just didn't like it. So he walked away from the date mid date. Um, I've had a date where we were at a restaurant and he was on his phone the whole time. And he didn't know that I followed him on Twitter. And I realized he was live tweeting our date and saying that I was fat, that I was eating all of this, but he's going to continue with the date because he wants to, uh, he wants to bang and see what it's no. like. So I, I replied to him uh, on Twitter while sitting opposite him. <laughs> I was just like, you do know that I'm following you. Right. And his face just went red. And then I just got up and left. And outside of the restaurant, I did burst into tears because I was yeah. just like, yeah. damn, like that was brutal. Um, so that happened. Um, I also had an altercation where I did like my first like one night stand type thing that I'd mm. never ever done and will never do again because I didn't vet the person properly. And it was only after the encounter happened while we were still like in bed when he was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> um, he, he was talking about his family and how rich they were and then he went on to say oh, Lord. <laughs> oh they are um my grandparents my great-grandparents used to trade in sugar but no. that was like that was like 
the cover story we had to tell everyone they were actually plantation owners uh, I was uh, like what? like sir like, what what why are you telling me this why are you telling me this and then he was like yeah my grandparents supported apartheid um and the reason that I'm telling you this is because you know it's just my white guilt you know I'm just like I just want to I just want to like kind of like pay back the ancestors and I was just like what <laughs> I'm okay what? I'm shooketh right now he pay back the ancestors by how by sleeping with the black girl he thought he would be like like payback like payback for all of the slavery I guess yeah that's I definitely how that works yeah but... it was it I felt so dehumanized yeah. and I was like I was like it can't get any worse than this oh but it did oh no it got Stephanie worse. it got like to the point where I had to write an article for refinery 29 about it for about this specific date because it was a date that involved me meeting somebody on a dating app and we went on two dates and he was actually very lovely, um, treated me really nicely, bought me a little gift and everything. Like he knew that I really liked plants. And so he bought me like a little aloe vera and I was like, oh, this guy's really nice. Um, on the second date, we slept together Then I didn't hear from him again. And I was like, oh, OK, well, you know, I was texting him. He wasn't responding. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's just how it is. I just wish he could have been more transparent, but that's yeah. fine. And then a few weeks later, I get an email from a friend of his who emails me on my blog um, email address because I had told him about my blog and how I do this job and stuff. So I think he said that he told his friends about me and his friend proceeded to tell me that um, you're not going to hear back from this guy. And I'm really sorry to tell you this, but we basically bet made a bet for him to sleep with a fat girl. And apparently he won 300 pounds and it was this whole pull a pig yeah, kind of thing yeah. where they dared him or they bet that he couldn't sleep with a fat woman. And um, I was part of the bet. And that was when I hit rock bottom. That was where all of the confidence that I'd worked so hard, because this was only 2019 or 2018. And all of the confidence that I had built up up until then just vanished overnight. And um, that was when I was like, yeah, this is, being fat and dating is horrific it is a squid game I'm not here for it mm -hmm. like I just felt so dehumanized I felt like nothing and um yeah it was just it was horrible so then I wrote an article for Refinery29 about it because I was like well if he's getting paid out of this day I'm gonna get paid out of the day <laughs> as well let us both like make some money out of it and um yeah I wrote about that experience and really heartbreakingly a lot of women sent me emails saying that they'd gone through the same thing wow. yeah. like from around the world and it was just heartbreaking I've heard of it in colleges but I've er, I, but I've w grown ass men doing it mm. like I mean it doesn't make like what like <laughs> I, I'm Wild. sorry I'm so sorry you had to go through well all of those experiences but fuck yeah it's it's really strange um it's really strange that somebody would choose to do that because I'm sure he was like a scientist as well so he was quite like oh my god like he was a biologist or something I'm like why are you doing this sir you're like 20 something years old like let's not right. but um yeah I guess sometimes though, some of those experiences really echo the experiences of what a lot of fat women have to deal with mm -hmm. in 
in dating, the excessive vetting, the not wondering if this person is into you because they genuinely like you or, or if they see you as a fetish, like, it's just a lot. We're made to feel like that's normal, that we should go through all of that, all that mind fuck to like, maybe find a nice man or a nice person. It's like, it's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. And these men, these not, I mean, it's taken me a long time to even say this, but there are men that are really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was very much on the men are trash train for so long due to my experiences, but there are men out there who are genuinely nice, who genuinely are attracted to bigger women from a non-fetishy point of view. It's just like, where are they? That's the thing. It's just like, they're just, it's, yeah, it's it's very difficult to kind of navigate the dating sphere when it almost feels like because of how we look, we're already on the back pedal. Mm-hmm. Um, and society and the way that we're perceived in television and movies doesn't make it any better with regards to how we're portrayed and how we're depicted as well yeah so when you were starting to date your now current boyfriend how did you sort of like navigate that like when you were saying earlier sort of like I had to tick a lot of boxes with him how did you figure out like okay he doesn't have a fat fetish like how how are you warranting those things for yourself because like going through all of that trauma like obviously Mm -hmm. you need to like feel safe Mm. yeah absolutely I mean a part of me was like would this guy have been friends with me continuously for 15 years like wouldn't if if he was if he had a fetish and especially as we we lived apart I'm sure he would have been able to fulfill his needs you know while in the states or we we might have stopped talking because he would have grown grown bored and then spoken to someone else so the testament I feel like the fact that we've been like best friends for 15 years kind of feels like a bit of a testament to me but it didn't stop me from asking him over and over (laughs) again like I would always be like let me see let me see pictures of your previous girlfriends I was like that person at once because I just wanted to see whether there was a trend and there wasn't a trend he's kind of dated all different types of different types of women um but what else would I do if we were on FaceTime I would like rock up wearing something really rubbish or like not dressed up to the nines and just looking really rubbish and like not looking the best and just see what gauge his reaction kind of thing which again he was just like you look fine you look fine to me because I've noticed that sometimes with men or with people that have fetishes for fat women they have this expectation that fat women need to look like a certain way like dolled up to the nines and like wearing tight-fitting clothing or always having to look and perform femininity to the to the best of our ability Mm. but it's like if we show up looking like slobs or looking looking the way that they depict us on tv then suddenly it's like no 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 you need to dress up and show off your specific curves in the way that I like to to see them in porn or the way that I like to see them whenever um so sometimes I'll just be in sweats and just like just be looking really busted and he just he just didn't care whatsoever um and yeah it was I had to just ask for a lot of reassurance from him because I I needed to be sure that he wasn't with me for the wrong reasons um and 
yeah I I do believe that he's not with me because of that yeah Um, Yeah. but like especially the first sort of like two three months that we were like officially together I was always he didn't give me any reason to question that's the thing it's it's all stemming from me Mm -hmm. um but yeah I I kind of just had to vet because the others I hadn't vetted and with my previous ex I found out that he did have a bit of that in him Mm. um which was the reason why he broke up with me because he wanted somebody that uh he wanted somebody that was a bit more curvier oh Uh, but like in the lower half so he had a thing about big bums Mm. because I didn't have that he assumes that because I was fat I would have a big bum and that wasn't the case he came to find out and so yeah he ended our two and a half year relationship when we were like we were like living together and looking at rings and stuff and he was like yeah you you don't have the required body part I was like cool goodbye sir good day yeah (laughs) at this point it shouldn't matter (laughs) like it shouldn't like two and a half yeah it shouldn't matter like you knew on day one I didn't have it like did you think it would just magically appear you know what I mean people are very strange very strange I feel like if that was the reason given to me though that would make as make the two and a half year breakup a little bit easier for that dumb comment did that make it like a little easier or was it still like super traumatic it was super traumatic because when he broke up with me he didn't tell me why he just said and he broke up with me at the, in the middle of the night as well while we were like sleeping. Ugh. Um, he, it, he just didn't give the reason and he didn't give me the reason for six months. So I had no closure while I was moving out. I had to move back home. And then like, I had like a bit of a nervous breakdown because I was so heartbroken. And then I had to leave my job at the time because I was just so, I'd never been heartbroken before. And that, oh my goodness, it was like a two years of just feeling so catatonic almost and um and then I got in contact with him I was like you need to tell me why you broke up with me and I kept pressuring him and pressuring him until he just broke and he was like yeah you just you you didn't have what I needed in that department and I was like okay blocked and then just never looked back (laughs) very strange oh men be men in sometimes (laughs) no kidding like that's the only way to like oh yeah but he was a Virgo as well and Virgo men are just very strange so (laughs) not doing that again no (laughs) oh man what's your current wait what's your current boyfriend's sign do you know oh (laughs) oh is it bad it it, for for my star sign yeah he is an Aries okay And I'm a Taurus. Me oh. too. You're a Taurus as well. Yeah, and I've dated an Aries. And how did you find it? Nikki? Well, how did you find it? Um, well, <laughs> it was trash. God, but um, <laughs> he was, but like, it, he was also does not sound like you guys have made it a, made it a year long distance and a 15 year relation or friendship. Uh, we couldn't make it six months long distance. So, yeah, Aries you're, you're, now they're there I mean at the, he oh my god he's it's a handful they're just very difficult creatures very set in their ways and like they yeah. say Tauruses are set in their ways no Aries no. And like the clashing it's very difficult we like and I think that's with long distance like communication is so important because I think when you have two people that are incredibly stubborn Mm-hmm. and then you have one star sign that's so fiery and hot-headed and then the other one's just very calm it's just like 
I never used to be into astrology, but then when I started seeing similarities, I was like, nah, there has to be something in this because all the Aries people that I know are so hot-headed. You need to find out what his moon and rising are. Oh, his moon is um, Gemini. Oh my God. And his rising is Scorpio. It's just, yeah. Oh man. You you got trouble. his mum is a Sagittarius. His dad is a Leo. It's just all fire. It's fire. It's just yeah. There's a lot. My dad's so, yeah. an Aries. <laughs> My dad's an Aries as well. Yeah, and they get on so well. No, of course they do. But yeah. that's great. That's that's. I mean, we that's good. That's what we want. It's great for them. Yeah. It's yeah. Great, great for them. them. <laughs> great for them. But Aries, yeah, Aries, and my mum's a Cancer, so we're very like the calm semi-emotional you know having to deal with these fiery guys it's a Wait, lot what's, what's your moon and rising my moon is a taurus and my rising is cancer okay okay yeah okay that's cancer's that, really chill oh yeah that's, really chill. yeah i'm a, i'm a leo moon and rising on top of my taurus so i'm a weird that's like a kind of like opposites almost isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes that here. actually makes sense that is no, like it, yeah it's yeah <laughs> it's a conundrum <laughs> i'm very confusing to people <laughs> oh well i'm glad you finally found somebody like after all that you deserve that oh thank you so much i mean it, it's always going to be a bit of a work in progress because i feel like everything that we go through as teenagers when it comes to boyfriend and girlfriends and having first crushes and first loves and being goofy together you know these are a lot of experiences that we tend to have in our teens or early mid-teens and because I've just never really been in that situation and I think a lot of other fat women can agree a lot of us are having those experiences in our mid-20s late 20s early 30s that whole kind of first crush and going on a first date and getting butterflies and honeymoon periods and so I feel like I'm experiencing all of that for the first time when I should have done it when I was 14, 15, 16. And so it's like a really cool lease of life, um, lease of life. But then also it comes with that intense vulnerability. So being in your late 20s, early 30s, you're still trying to figure out who you are, establish yourself in the world. But then now you're feeling these romantic feelings that could be crushed so easily. So there's an extra layer of having to protect yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be exhausting, but um, the benefits do outweigh the negatives. But it's just getting to that place is just I don't know why for us it just takes a lot of navigating and that's because we are still seen as being at the bottom of the hierarchy or when it comes to attractiveness yeah Um, when that shouldn't be the case at all and I think you know it's great that we have people like Lizzo and like other fat women in the in Hollywood and in media who can you know they can be good examples of fat women living unapologetically and and talking a lot about self-love and how much they love themselves because I think for all of the critique that Lizzo gets there are a lot of people that are very inspired by her and look up to her Mm -hmm. and that can slowly change the 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 realm of what is considered beautiful um but it just needs to happen at a quicker pace because while it's good for Lizzo and there are loads of people that see her as a sex icon it's like okay this needs to be like a trickle down yeah it's like okay well now that we know that 
you know, fat women aren't scary and lazy and this and dopey and, you know, all of these things, like give us our flowers too. Do you know what I mean? Like right. let, us, let us enjoy the benefits of what everyone else gets to enjoy. But um, as soon as you see fat women climbing that ladder and equating themselves to slimmer women, the slimmer women or the slimmer people get um, threatened. I know. By that. It's like, hold on, you're supposed to be down there. Why are you coming up here and trying to compete with me? You know, it's a weird hierarchical structure, but I'm hoping that over the next, you know, few years, maybe not even our lifetime, we're able to kind of dismantle these, these ideologies. Well, that's the patriarchy, right? Like pitting women yeah. against women. Like that's what they want us to do. Mm-hmm. They want us to keep each other smaller. And it's like, let's break out of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just the way that we're kind of seen, like, I don't know if you guys, did you ever see that? Well, not to say if you had that, if you saw the documentary, but there was this documentary on TLC about mixed weight dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, you just notice how it was always plus size women and slimmer men. Yeah. You never saw it the other way around. And that's because plus size men or fat men are normalized already. They don't have to go through all of the body policing. They can be like people like DJ Khaled and Rick Ross and all of these like other rappers can be topless on the front covers of GQ and other magazines and not one word is said but if you put Tess Holiday on the front cover of Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. or you put Lizzo then it's like backlash yeah um you see even in cartoons like Family Guy and the Flintstones and the, the Simpsons fat men slim wife slap mm-hmm. fat man slim hot wife but you never ever see it the other way around I know it's very very rare because it's seen as an anomaly fat women in love is seen as an anomaly like that that's not a thing so why are we normalizing it in media but it has to be yeah or we make it something funny you know like if it is the other way around and it's something funny like yeah Yeah. or there's something weird about him yeah and then that's why we think we need that or or that's what we get this is a full circle but yeah this is because of where we started right because it's like we took those scraps and because that's what we were told that we could have and still told in media I mean it is a lot better though and I think like I'm so glad that people have someone like you to look at um and and see that like you know a healthy relationship is plausible and can happen and that there is I hate saying like hope and you know whatever but like to know that like you deserve that as a fat woman like that we all deserve love is important yeah. yeah absolutely and thank you so much and I, I agree with you on the yeah the use of the word hope sometimes can be a bit weird but it, it does kind of instill that feeling of oh wow well if she you know if she can do it then I know that there are people out there that you know might be open to wanting to date me too and I know that some people can take that the wrong way but it does it does kind of instill that that hope that there yeah. are good people out there who genuinely you know want to get to know us and and be in relationships with us as well so having that positive representation you can't you can't derive anything bad from that at all yeah well thank you so much for joining us no worries thank you so much for having me on this is so fun and apologies if I ramble sometimes I tend to ramble a bit (laughs) no no you were great you were perfect I loved it (laughs) amazing thank you we usually say bye together. Do you want to say bye with us? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you guys give Stephanie a follow on Instagram at Stephanie Yaboa and check out her podcast, Storytime with Stephanie. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Follow along with us on Instagram and TikTok at swipe that. 
And if you're not a part of our private Facebook group, join that too. Just search Swipe Bat Podcast. And if you love us, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.